All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio. It is the Tuesday episode of the show bag milk tyler liam dan no rick he's sick oh well so long rick nice knowing you may you recover well friend i hope he gets better soon he's very old though so i'm concerned his bones will turn into dust he is very frail Mm -hmm. yes 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 i like i noticed that uh, tyler's (laughs) wearing his twisted tea glasses from the elks game earlier in the summer yeah Look good. No shame about it. They're good for this Halloween costume I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Is that Tyler though? Can we confirm? I'm um, avoid the grind today. Liam, what do you got? I am Charlie Brown. If you're watching on the video, you'll see my face reveal. <laughs> the reverse face. So uh, you have a ton of costumes at your house, right? Yes. What is what is the love of the dressing up for you? Where did this come from? Um it's just a pleasurable thing. <laughs> Yep, that's, <laughs> that's true. That was that is true. <laughs> yeah. I would have dressed up had I remembered it was Halloween and cared a little bit more. It's just a bit of fun, you know. The Absolutely, one, it's fun. It's great. I love dressing up. The one day of the year where you can look ridiculous. Disagree. And nobody's going to say anything. Disagree. If you want to dress up like Charlie Brown any day of the year, you come on in dressed as Charlie Brown. No one's going to say anything here. Every time. Well, this is the second time in the last month or so that I've, I've dressed up. Remember, I wore a suit a few weeks ago. That was nice. Yeah, for the draft. Yeah, I you, just, you're a fan of it. I, you should see me at home. Uh, <laughs> just always in costume. It's pleasurable. All right. Yeah. Liam's a furry. Confirmed. Ooh. Dan, what are you? I'm Ohio. The great state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know the joke, you know the joke. Yeah. I don't know the joke. Oh, the Simpsons. Oh. It's the costume. I would have won the costume uh, least helped by my parents. 
Yep. <laughs> Ralph Wiggum. See, I just felt out of place with you guys. I didn't dress up. The last time I dressed up bag milk, I was thinking Arby's. Do you remember yes, that? Yes. yes. I, um, I feel ashamed. I didn't dress up. You're a well, actually we can't ah. show you on camera, but you're just a giant bag of milk. Today. That's right. I'm dressing would a, be a good costume. Just like a white sheet over your upper body and then just milk on it. I'm a ghost or you just don't come in today, that day. And it's just a bag of milk sitting in your chair and we put a microphone over it. Huh? I do it via zoom. I could, we could just do that right now. We could put that milk jug right in that chair and put a microphone on it. No one would know. (laughs) We always think of our best bits once the show's already started. Once we're recording, that's when the best material comes out. No going back on this either. As we do every week, we're going to start off with a delicious debate for our friends at Wendy's launching tomorrow. The Wendy's daily, uh, daily face off survival pool. You can download that right at dailyfaceoff.com. You can play some games. Wendy's is letting you win. Whoops. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year, and Daily Face Off wants to help. For those of you who smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that have you savoring the true taste of victory. But if your fantasy team doesn't deliver you a W, get the new Wendy's barbecue bacon cheeseburger delivered to your door instead so you don't have to show anyone your very real tears. Mm. It's so good. They are it's delicious. a good burger. Fantastic. On home. You should get one. I had one yesterday. Maybe two. <laughs> Maybe three. You've earned it. Charlie needs one. So to be ready to sign up and play Wendy's, a daily face-off, a survivor starting tomorrow for your chance to win weekly prizes like the new barbecue bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's available now for a limited time. All right. What do you got for a delicious debate for us today, Tyler? We are going to talk Heritage Classic soon, but we had breaking news today that has thrown off and derailed our show. The Oilers have waived Adam Ernie. Bless you. And in a corresponding move, have signed Sam Gagne to a one-year deal and will be recalling him for their game on Thursdays of the Delicious Debate. Is this a good move by the Oilers? Question. The Gagne contract, Adam Ernie contract, just a money in, money out? Money in, money out. Gotcha. Makes sense. Bada boom. Last game out, Adam Ernie played all the minutes. All three of them. All three minutes and 20 seconds was Adam Ernie's ice time. I mean, tough, are six minutes. Yeah. T- tough in an outdoor game to have to sit for that long. Oh, your body must be freezing. Yeah, my dad would have pointed him from our seats <laughs> in section PP and goes, that guy's going to get cold. <laughs> that guy's going to get cold. <laughs> I'll explain uh, later. So Adam Ernie going down, Gagne up. I think a lot of people, your initial reaction when you see that Adam Ernie's going down, Raphael Lavoie did just win AHL Player of the Week. Had a Gordie Howe hat trick, is off to a flying start. My first instinct was, okay, they're rewarding Lavoie. He went down, proved he's hungry, bring him up. I'm a little bit surprised Gagne is getting the recall this early on, considering what we know about his injury. He's only played three American Hockey League games. Are are we, they must be, but are we confident that this Gagne is NHL ready? I'm confident that on Thursday against the Dallas Stars, he steps in, gets in a scrap, everybody erupts, Rogers place goes bananas, Sam Gagne for the win. I'm fairly confident that he can fill in three minutes of hockey more effectively <laughs> than Adam Ernie. That's a did. better point than what I made. And so that's where I'm at. I like and and then he brings those intangibles off the ice that we were all excited about in the offseason, you know, the the coach or whatever. So maybe he comes in and changes the chemistry in the room a little bit too. Yeah, maybe. I just I, I think that that might be the that might be the reason they don't bring up a Lavoie is that there is some turmoil and there is still some, you know, question marks in the bottom six. So 
bring up a guy that's already been in a questionable bottom six in this city. I, I just think the the line of thinking of like, oh, like he can't be worse than Ernie. It's a little bit like <laughs> it's like, oh, well, yeah, like a kick in the shins is better than a kick in the balls. But like Raphael Lavois is a nice, crisp, clean high, high five. Have, Why wouldn't you take two that wins off on the season? Tyler, we're going all all caution to the wind. here. I'm not here to kink shame either. Fair. You know? Mm-hmm. Liam, what do you th- what do you make of this? Ernie down, Gagne up. Well, I'm glad Ernie's not here anymore. No offense, Adam Ernie. But <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I'm just tired of the Oilers just having these random ass fourth line guys just play on the team. When you see teams like Vegas and Colorado and the Boston Bruins just rolling four lines every night and finding success, and then I just don't think Sam Gagne is the right move right now. And it's not to be disrespectful to Gagne. I think. He's obviously had a great career, but he's played two games, three games in the American League. From the games I watched, and Bruce Kerlock told us this the other day too on the live show, that his foot speed isn't there anymore and he's still adjusting to the game speed in the American League. You don't have to be and fast it, in the NHL. The NHL is a much faster league. And also, <sighs> I just think it. Jay Woodcroft needs to get away from playing guys like less than five minutes. Guys need yeah. to be involved in the game. And if that's the plan with Gagne, then I'm glad it's not Lavoie because Lavoie deserves better than that. But the others need to use every single player on their team on a nightly basis and not just rely on Drysdale and McDavid to guide them. I don't know what Gagne is going to bring at this point in the season for himself. He did have eight goals in 48 games last season for, for Winnipeg, which is pretty decent for a bottom six guy. I just, He did get some middle six, top six minutes. He though. did? Okay. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I but I again I'm glad it's Gagne over Lavoie if the point is just to play him on the fourth line and barely have him in the on the ice. Looking at the six games Adam Ernie played with the Oilers, the most minutes he played was against the Nashville Predators. He played 1306. That was the only time he broke 10 minutes. The next up was against the Rangers, 921, but in the Heritage Classic on Sunday. A measly three thirty four. Like just to put it into a little bit of context, randomly cherry picking a Golden Knights game, their last one against Montreal last night. They had one player play under ten minutes in that hockey game. It was Mike Amadio, a fourth liner. Everyone else plays north of ten. You're either contributing on the penalty kill, yep. so you're getting regular shifts, whatever. You're getting played at five on five. You're in the lineup a lot, and I I just do agree with Liam. No matter who comes up, we now know obviously it's going to be Sam Gagne. You can't be having nights like you did at the Heritage Classic, where again I know it worked and you won, but Adam Ernie three thirty that rhymed. Philip Broberg seven nineteen. Derek Ryan eight forty nine. Dylan Holloway nine fifty eight. <sighs> I I want to see Gagne come up and get a fair shake. Is my point because we're going to be bitching about him in two weeks if he's only playing four minutes a night. Mm-hmm. It's fair. I just don't think we can. We all sat here, and this isn't our fault, obviously. We don't have any impact on the team. It might be. But we spoke about how deep this team was, and I don't understand why Woodcroft isn't showing the belief in that. Well, it's also interesting because when he first came up and replaced Dave Tippett, he was kind of rolling everybody. Yeah, he was. and that's You remember like, that? There was that post game from Derek Ryan where he goes, we all have an identity. We all know what our jobs are and blah, 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 whatever to paraphrase. Right. And now Derek Ryan played less than seven minutes the other night. If you don't think Derek Ryan's an NHL player anymore, then firstly, don't sign him to a two-year deal. Well, Secondly, don't play him. It would also probably, if we're being honest here, be a little bit different if the cap situation was a bit better. Because then you could like, you could take Derek Ryan and be like, we're sitting you for two games. Yep. Right now, it's like, if you're not working, the options are waivers or in the lineup every night. And I feel like Jay Woodcroft maybe feels like his hands are a little bit tied when it's like, okay, I can't trust these guys right now. 
And the Battle of Alberta, again, I'm willing to excuse the minutes thing a little bit in that game because you really needed to win that hockey game. So you pull out all the stops to do it. But I don't know. Jay Woodcock's not in an envious position. I get it. You're going 11 and 7 every single night. And it'd be annoying as a head coach to have to constantly deal with that. But also, while you can't fully make, you know, chicken soup out of chicken shit, you could certainly be a little bit better than this in terms of putting guys in positions to succeed. You can just enjoy the taste for what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're playing 11 and seven, then why not make your fourth line better? So then you can play dry and McDavid. Do you think maybe that's why Sam Gagne is there? If it is, then is he like, but then, but then that's an argument in the, in favor of Lavoie coming up. Yes. Yes. I, again, make Lavoie and Holloway, Holloway, your fourth line in air quotes and play McDavid and dry Here's all I can, I can think of with Gagne instead of Lavoie. Lavoie is clearly having a good start to kick off the HL season. Maybe they just want to keep that going and not worry about how many minutes he's playing at the NHL level. Whereas Sam Gagne, if you play him sub five minutes, he's really just going to be happy to be there. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a stopgap. It he probably is. I, it, see, it feels like a similar situation to what they did with Ryan McLeod, where Ryan McLeod played. It's a lot different because McLeod played a lot of the season before. Went to Bakersfield. I think he played like 15 games and then came up and played 70 plus for the Oilers in his rookie year. Maybe that's what they're trying to get Lavoie to do too. And it makes sense. And I think that's fine as well. But maybe the hands are also tied to the fact that Lane Peterson is apparently injured, according to the the live chat that Tyler and I didn't know about. Yeah, Lane Peterson didn't play in the Condors last game with a lower body injury. So maybe that has something to do with it. Right. Like maybe Peterson is their guy. That's who they would have called up. But yeah. health being what it is, they've made like an organizational commitment to Lavoie's getting 15 games and then we'll reevaluate. So maybe this really was the best option. I don't know. I'm really hoping it works because I mean, remember that year when they eventually traded him at the deadline, then it was COVID or whatever. But like Gagne was back and contributing and it was so cool. It was fun. Yep. It really was fun. Yep. Uh, looking at Twitter, Twitter, very reasonable. Yes. About of course. this. Never, ever expected anything else. We'd love to hear from you. Owen Radio Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Ernie out. Gagne in. Now, I ask you this question. What do you think? But we got to try and shelve our love for Sam Gagne for this specific delicious debate. I love Sam Gagne. Always will. Great oiler. Can't wait to have him with the organization whenever he decides to hang him up. However, we're asking about today. Is this the best move? Sam Gagne up. Adam Ernie down. Could it have been Lavoie? Is Lane Peterson actually hurt? He might be. Probably is. Mm. But we shall see. Sam Gagne hit him really hard on the kneecaps and I get the first call up around here. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Should Maybe. it have been Bogle? No. Why not? I think he's leading that team in points. Yeah. Let's have a look. Give him, give him 40 games in Baco, right? <laughs> I would have Gagne 40 games too, and they called him up after three. Yeah, but at least Gagne's played in the NHL before, so like oh, less uh, of... Obviously, Lavoie's leading the team. That was silly of me. <laughs> Sorry. Why me. wasn't it Noel Hoffenmeyer? He's got two goals. He does have two goals as a defenseman. Big Hoff, they call him. The Hoffmeister. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't it Ben Gleason? Could have been. Fuck yeah. it. 10 and 6, or 10 and 8. Yeah. <laughs> James Hamlin actually wouldn't be a horrible option too. If you look for a stopgap, I'm really curious to see how this plays out because I mean, the Oilers don't play until Thursday. Yes. How many minutes is Sam Gagne? What if, if Sam Gagne plays Thursday, let's just assume he is. Should we play the game? Write down our answers. Yeah. How many is he going to play? How many minutes is he going to play? Assuming he plays Thursday, of course. 
I bet they play him on the PK. It's the uh, Dallas Stars. Has he done any PK before? Like, did he do it in any of his other stops? Was he doing it in Winnipeg? I have no idea. He did it in Edmonton, Derek Is he Derek Broussard? <laughs> PK specialist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he might be. <laughs> I'm going to guess. Yo, go ahead. You go. Uh, I'm going to say 940 <laughs> is what Gagne gets in his return. 723. Yeah, I'll, I'll go under you. I'll say six and a half. <laughs> I'll go just kind of somewhere in the middle. I'll go seven and a half. It's not good. It's not great. <laughs> we should like spend some time doing prep for the show and go like, how yeah. do the Oilers fourth line slash depth minutes compare to everyone else? Well, the Dallas stars bottom three players last game in a five, three win over Columbus. Uh, Dadnov played 1131. Craig Smith played 1134. And Radic Fasca played 1251. Let's look at Colorado. Let's look so, at the ones uh, that had like the top loaded top. The, Do you know what I mean? The highest, most played forward was Joe Pavelski at 1749. Oh, so they don't even kiss 20 minutes. Yeah. No. They don't really have a superstar in Dallas. But uh, Jason Robertson is a superstar. Oh, yeah. But, but what, Rupi Hans is probably an underappreciated point, right? star. It's yeah, like, why can't you, the other forward groups? Mm-hmm. Just as good, if not better, than Dallas. I think the Leafs would probably be a pretty good comparison. Yeah, let's do that. Um, How so much is Ryan Reeves playing on the Six thirty-three, Holberg seven forty-eight, Gregor eight fifty-two. Everyone else above Jason ten. Gregor plays for the Leafs. <laughs> Correct. Wow. Granted, so they're going twelve and six, right? So with the Oilers, I mean Broberg and Deharnay like split that spot, mm. um, and then the three lowest forwards are pretty much the same as the Oilers, I guess. So, but he's mm-hmm. not good. No, it's not a good practice. I don't, I don't believe the Dallas Stars have been to the Stanley Cup final in the last five years. Yep. Vegas just won and they do it well. I think Colorado does it pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs can't even, what they won, one second round game. Treated it like Stanley that, Cup though. Our, like comparison of like rosters right now. I would like to know can we pull up really quickly like Dallas? You brought up Dallas. Yep. How much are they spending on their bottom six though? Are they just. Generally better caliber players. Well, I'm spitballing. Yes, yeah, so like you, you rattled off Dadanov is one of the names. He makes two point two five. Craig Smith one mil. They only have it is a decent point. They don't. They have four players on their four forwards on their active roster making a million or less. Everyone else is above two mil. So they're spending yeah. a decent amount. Like Fax, that makes three point two five million. How much their counts? highest contract there? Pardon? What's their highest contract on? 9.8, Tyler Sagan. Mm-hmm. Whew. Play Forgot about that one. 14.50. Yeah, it's an ugly one. But, I mean, again, yeah, just curious. this does go back to the debate about if the Oilers roster or cap situation was a little bit better. Like, Dallas can go 13 forwards, 70, two goalies on their roster, and they still have 500K left over, right? Like, they can afford to have that 13th forward, which, we're being honest, Less complaints about Adam Ernie if he was spending every second night in the press box and they were just bringing him in to be a spark plug for eight minutes. Like, yeah, nobody. Would. The issue is when you're 11 and seven, there is some heightened pressure. Like, I like Jay Woodcroft's quote about how Ernie's the scapegoat right now. Like, he's paying the price, Woodcroft said, for a bottom five that isn't producing at all. So, this should be a bit of a wake up call to Derek Ryan, to Matthias Janmark if you were to get back in the lineup. And then I think at this point, you're lumping Connor Brown, Ryan McLeod, and Dylan Holloway in that conversation as well. It's kind of getting to like a, it's no longer a bad four or five games and just a little tiny slow start. If you get to 10 games and you're still not doing anything, something's going to happen. And for Dallas too, just to keep the comparison, you look at a guy like Wyatt Johnson comparing that to Dylan Holloway. 
Yeah. Like Johnson's producing. Scores 20 goals. He'll score you 20 goals a year. So the Oilers have six players currently without a point. Five of those six are forwards. Who are the two defensemen, Broberg and... Just Broberg. Every other defenseman has a point. Yeah, I guess Vinny's a sniper now. Vinny's a sniper. Top shelf goal. Kulak. (laughs) Kulak, sniper. They're getting goals from everyone except for their bottom five or six or whatever you want to call it. Such an issue. So your names are, who we're talking about here, Adam Ernie, he gone. Matthias Janmark, busted shoulder. What's going on with him? Who knows? Yeah, because remember he left the game against the Rangers? Yeah, and then he, that pitcher popped up with him in the sling. Yeah, he left the game, but he came back, and then, yeah, we saw George LaRock breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> so, Philip Broberg is the defenseman. Connor Brown, no points. Ryan McLeod, no points. Dylan Holloway, no points. Brown and Holloway came close in the Heritage Classic. Holloway's got to score that. Like, he just, uh, when he goes in on that breakaway, he just didn't lift the puck at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Like you get that puck anywhere off the ground, and he's probably going in. Mm-hmm. Like you so, had him. It is an interesting quote from Woody because Adam Ernie's not the only one that hasn't got points, but he's the one to send down. Easiest one to send down though, right? So I guess it kind of makes sense. But I do think like if we go another four or five games and Derek Ryan's not producing, it's probably next. Yeah. And I think you just keep chewing your way up that little order there until guys start producing. Well, I would have to go through and lock at the minutes distributed. But again, it kind of goes back to that as well. It's like if your third line is playing like 10 minutes each. Chicken, chicken egg debate though, right? Like, yeah, are they playing bad? So Woodcroft doesn't want to play them or are they playing bad because they don't get enough minutes to get into the game? Yeah. That's why you'd have to go back and lock at the distribution from night one till Sunday. Yeah. There's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more. Wherever travel takes you, visit ab.bluecross.ca forward slash travel. It is time to recap the Heritage Classic. Gentlemen, all, all like, I mean, the whole city was on fire for the entire week leading up to the Heritage so Classic. Cool. There was activations all around the city. Uh, being at Commonwealth was super cool. I just want to do a, a recap of the Heritage Classic. Obviously, the Oilers' big win over the Calgary Flames, 5-2. The thing that stuck out to me, a couple of things. One, I was so pumped for Brett Kulak. Yeah, how, must have, how cool must that have been for a hometown kid to score the opening goal of the Heritage Classic? Plays went bananas. Two, the thing I noticed the most, Calgary is dreadful. <laughs> they are a terrible hockey team. Oh, yeah, big time. Like when I was, you know, on Monday doing DFO Live, Owen, every day, hyping up that you know, the Oilers feel like they're back. Feels like they got their mojo back. A lot of people were quick to point out, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did that against a pretty terrible hockey team, and it was still a one-goal game in the third period. So maybe not. Um, but the Flames, man, like, they got to look themselves in the mirror a little bit as an organization and kind of do the whole, what are we doing here? Why are we trying so hard to be mediocre? What stuck out? To, what else stuck out to you guys from there? Just classic on Sunday. Well, I mean, the, the whole spectacle was just incredible like not having been there for the first one that's my first ever outdoor game it was awesome uh weather was even, good yeah the weather was incredible uh fans were just it was like i expected more i think chaos than we saw saw one person run on the field and then got they got like three time. strides yeah but oh. then later on they got away and then they saw the police coming and then that was their opportunity to try and get away again and they got into a fight with the security and security took some liberties did we yeah, pop our clothes amazing. off or did the guy not even get there no wasn't wasn't undressed but he took some knees and some elbows and it was nice. hilarious to watch. So I read the GDB on Sunday, as I yep. always do for weekend games. And my not so obvious game day prediction is we would have a streaker. He would not get far yeah. and he would get dummied by a handful of security guards. And I nailed it. 
Although I guess he wasn't technically a streaker. No, yeah, not streaking. You got to pop those clothes off. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was an absolute blast. The sight lines from up top were incredible. Yeah. Heard, heard from people down low that it was tough to see. I was but, in row uh, 33 and I was okay. Yeah. But any too much lower than that, I don't, I right. wouldn't have been having a great. Yeah. Like some people who were down in that, like whatever's called the twisted T zone. I heard Body complaints. Up. They were like, couldn't see over the glass. Like it was you. And then you'd have to turn around, crane your neck and watch the big board behind you the whole game. Oh um, yeah. I didn't even think of that. But I yeah, I was worried. Cause when you look at your ticket and you see like row 60, you're kind of like <laughs> upper Southwest corner. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh boy. Like, am I going to see shit? But then you get up there one, like seeing the city backdrop there. And then the ice, you could see the big screen. You're also just so in the moment that it didn't matter. I think the NHL and the Oilers and the Flames or whatever deserve a ton of credit yep. for just the presentation of it. The way they made Commonwealth look, all the little activations and signs, everything about that was great. The two bands, the little pond. Yeah, the band the playing in between yeah. whistles. Such a good touch. Yeah, so fun. good. Just everything. There was like the feel of that. Just I, I, I was a bit of a doubter, admittedly, when I saw like the layout outside of the rink. But it just everything popped really well. And as the lights went down, it got even better. The moon popped up on my side. I was on the other side of mm. you guys. The moon comes up over top of it in the third period. Man, it was so cool. It was a really cool day. Importantly, the Oilers won. Uh, again, there was all kinds of stuff happening outside of Commonwealth as well. There was a lot going on. On um, Saturday night, Tyler and I, we went to the NHL event, saw Arkells perform a bunch of covers. That was neat. I went to the Fan Fest on Saturday afternoon. That How was, was that? really cool. It was it, like just a lot of like sponsorship stuff, giving away things, but tons of free activations, players rolling around all over the place. Saw Grant Fear, saw Zach Hyman, saw Doug Waite, saw all of them. It was awesome. It so was this really goes cool. back to the debate I've had before on this show where it's like, would you rather have the Oilers or Edmonton host a draft or an all-star game? And I've been, this was my first outdoor game. That festivity you get that with an all-star game. You don't get that necessarily with a draft. Especially as now that the draft is being decentralized. Yeah. yeah. So like think of that, but almost like times 10 with the number of activations for all-star, it, it really made me want to see this city get to host an all-star game. Fair enough. Although that would be in the dead of January, February. Ah, yeah, that would suck. Little chilly. A little cold. Do an indoor fan fest, I suppose. Nickelback was really cool. Yeah. Uh, the only problem I had with Nickelback, I guess, is I would have preferred the stage was already set up so that when the intermission struck, they just went out and played. We didn't have to wait the 10 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, like we only got 11 minutes of Nickelback. Three songs. Feels like a bit of a waste to bring them out here, do all that hyping up, and then they play three songs. You I would have yesterday. Liam had the idea that they should have played burn it to the ground as the players were coming back <laughs> on. I thought that was a really good idea that kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're going to start yeah. it late, at least let it roll all the way through to puck drop. Yeah. That would have been cool. Nickelback was disappointing. I have to say it. Oh, okay. What was they disappointing about it for they you? They only did two songs on the TV broadcast. Yeah. Yes. They hyped what? it up as if it was going to be like this low intermission show. And they played two songs and one of them wasn't even this. But isn't the halftime show only like three songs at the Super Bowl? No. No, no. it's like, like three or four. 30 minutes. It's a oh, long show. There was like yeah. 10 rappers came out two years ago. Yeah. Last year. Okay. I don't yeah, know. I think they could have done better with that. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm comparing it to. Yeah. I'll just like do both intermissions. I, 
See, that would also been great. Yeah. And again, like if the stage had just been set up and there wasn't 10 minutes of you got to haul out the lights, you got to haul out the fire cannons and shit. And they just went. We could have got easily another two songs in there. Yeah. Yeah. A couple things that I had to laugh about was the the fact that the clock over the over the um, the replay board uh, broke at 52 seconds left to go in the first period. And they yeah. just never brought it back again. And then the horn went. The horn went for the first. And I looked, I'm like, yeah. 52 set horn goes. I'm like, what? Yeah, it was all thrown off. And then the first goal, the Oilers scored two. There was a huge delay between when the uh, goal song kicked in and everything. Yeah. And then it said Oilers goal on the scoreboard for like five minutes after that. It was just stuck. I was a little bit like when Kulak scored a big thing for me. I didn't want to get stuck in a beer line and potentially miss ah, the first goal. Yeah. So I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm not leaving my seat until the Oilers score because I don't want to miss like this moment. I missed I missed uh, Bouchard's goal. Ah. Mm. But the first goal, Kulak, it happens. And it was just kind of like. No goal horn. The music didn't come on. The crowd kind of cheered a little bit, but you could tell a lot of people still hadn't like made it back to their seats yet. So it's just kind of like, uh, see, that's why it was funny. Right. Cause I, so when Kulak scored, it kind of happened. Well, not right in front of me, but kind of in front of me. Mm-hmm. So my whole section, everybody stood up and cheered and started going bananas. Cause you had a great line at it. Yeah. But then you could see it spreading around the around Commonwealth where everybody figured it out. It was weird to watch. And also funny at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, the other thing too, just sorry about the kind of in-person experience. They, part of this is just Commonwealth. Commonwealth ain't built for 60 K anymore. Yeah. It's got, it's got that many seats. Yeah. But when they're all full, it is tough to get around. <laughs> a little a bit of that was unforced errors or just errors, I guess on the NHL Oilers part, like putting the two merch stands at the two tightest parts and highest traffic parts of the walkways. That didn't make a ton of sense. Nope. Also, not roping off the concession and having yeah, it zigzag like perpendicular to the crowd, the crowd flow. Yeah. So that wasn't great either. Um, so those are really my only two complaints. Everything else that was done really well. I went to the one in 2016 in Winnipeg and granted there was 32,000 people at that one, not 55,000. So obvious difference. But in Winnipeg, they had kind of there's a little hot dog vendor there and it was just like a fat Frank's kind of cart or whatever. And they just had that there. And then there was a thing over there. And then there was like beer stands like you see at Rogers place on the concourse. Commonwealth probably should have had that kind of thing. Did you guys, did any of you guys have to go out and have a smoke? Did you go to the smoking areas? So in the smoking area on our side, they actually had set up porta potties. They set up a merch stand, a food stand. And there was a Tim Hortons. There was a Tim Hortons giving out free, uh, free hot chocolate. But, but yeah, like, so they, they did try, I think, but yeah, they missed on some things. I watched the concourse on our side. Uh, the one that has the, like all the infrastructure on it, not the scoreboard, Yeah, yeah. man, for the start of the game, that thing wasn't moving. It was just literally gridlock for like the first five minutes of the game. The one on the other side was no different. That's why I think maybe it was a little bit quieter for like the Kulak goal is because I think a lot of people were stuck in gridlock on the concourse. Well, yeah. So I tried to pull a Rogers place move. Mm -hmm. So I'm like. I want a hot dog. I want a beer. I asked my old man, you want something? He's like, yeah, if you get some food, go get some food. I'm like, okay, five minutes left in the first period. I get up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go quick piss, grab something to eat. I'll be right back. I go up and like run up there. Do, do, do. I walk out in the concourse. I'm like, oh, this plan isn't going to work at all. <laughs> and it did not. Oh no. Did not. No food for me at uh, Commonwealth. But I found I found quick lines for food, but it turned out because they were they weren't selling beer in that line. Mm. But it worked worked out. I got my food. So. Hey, you want a yeah. snack? Well, I have a, I have a little conspiracy theory about Go the ahead. vintage classic. 
McDavid scored. McDavid's goal should have stood. I so Tyler said you guys were talking about this on yeah. Oilers Nation every day. Rewatched the replay on Twitter. I I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I am, and I, I had a bet. Yet. I went heavier on it than I usually do on first goal scorers on McDavid to score first. And when he did that, I was like, Oh my god, he scored! Oh wait, no, no one's reacting. I think he, it was in. I so, was sorry, in I missed this. As a person who hasn't seen it, so we slowed it down. And when you look at this, when the puck leaves, it's like going through Markstrom's five hole. So then Markstrom stops it initially with his right pad, but then his right pad goes fully in the net and the puck is nowhere to be seen. Like it's definitely an assumption, but the puck then kind of comes out from when Markstrom moves as well. So clearly the NHL just didn't have any camera angles to prove that the puck went over the line and was like inconclusive. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that went in. I would... I'm fully in on the conspiracy. Yeah, why not? And it makes Edmonton again. I, I'm thinking of the play now, and it makes sense that it would have been in there. We yelled it up in our section. We're like, "There's no way that didn't go in. Yeah. Like, it just logically didn't make sense." But yeah, I'm in on the conspiracy. Why would you? Why NHL would you wanted from? the game to be close because there was that, and then there was the fact that there was like six straight penalties all going to the Oilers. Yeah, two five on threes in the first period. Well, that, and that's oh, the thing too, and that's I think that's the the feather in the cap of the Oilers is that score isn't even indicative of how much they did dominate. Four nothing was the score at five on five. Yeah, yeah. My another thing, this just it kind of was one of those ones that comes out after the fact because I was there and I didn't see it when Kane hit Kadri near the boards mm-hmm. and the flames start coming in and he just starts looking at him and goes, what are any of you going to do right yeah. now? What I thought that was so hilarious. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Cause the answer was nothing. Yeah, it really is. Except Kadri give his little look to the bench for some also, reason. Kadri said to, when they did the mic top to Kane is like, stay away from the pocket bud. And then he scored. He had three yeah. points that game. Yeah, yep. he did. Fine. There it is. Yeah. But they, they just breeze over it. If you were at the game and you haven't had a chance to, I highly recommend going and watching the clips of it because it is it looked, cool. It looked cool on TV yes. too. And I when went I back went and home, rewatched. I watched all the highlights yeah. when I got home. It is so cool to see. What do you think of the way Sportsnet did their TV broadcast? At first, it was a bit close. I feel like they zoomed out a little bit at one point, but it, uh, immediately I was like, oh, wow, this feels like I'm really involved in it. But one thing I don't think people realized who were at the game was the broadcast kept screwing up. But through no fault of their own, but Cuth, what's his name? Craig Cuthbert? Yeah. Craig, Chris, Chris Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Chris, Chris Cuthbert. And um, Craig Simpson. Craig Simpson. I got them. I combined the two. They were sat on the end that Calgary attacked twice. So they were sat on the other side of the penalty boxes. So when the play was at the other end of the ice, they couldn't see. Oh, so man. the amount of times they were just like, oh, and Connor Brown is a puck. And I'm like, oh, no, that's Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, it was like close, endless. And it yeah, was like hey. through no fault of their own. But it was it was interesting. Um, it was cool. I don't know. It, it was kind of just like watching another hockey game. Speaking of gaffes in the arena or in the stadium, uh, the guy that called Zach Hyman to his face twice, Luke Hyman. You get my... Who, wait a minute. So who was amazing. that guy? Not sure. Game, the, game host? But something? the NHL does this for all their events. They have like... Because it was those two bros. Yeah, they like have... The, I think I've seen them at All-Star. Oh, yeah. So they're like the guys who go around for the NHL and do event. Why that wasn't like just Chelsea or like someone from Edmonton, I don't know. There's so many little decisions like that where it was just kind of like, why Luke did we have to change it? It yeah. was one of those things where like... I wasn't sure if I was like mishearing it over the loudspeakers in the arena or whatever, but I was like, that guy just called him something weird. Didn't he, he doubled down on it at the end. Yeah. He's like, thanks Luke. And it was like, <laughs> Oh my God, you but keep like, doing it. 
I'm sorry, but for us, like we would know 90% of NHL players. Like if you're going to be working in NHL event, you can learn or you should know who Zach Hyman is. Tough Not look. exactly a rookie on an ELC or whatever here. Tough look. Have a cheater card. Like, yeah, look at you have Zach. questions there. He probably feels bad about the mistake, but yeah, still. he should yeah. feel bad. He should. That's exactly yeah. why we're yeah, here. Like you messed up at your job in front of 60,000 people. Yep. Good one. Well, and millions watching online. Shame. Mm-hmm. shame. Yep. Shame. Big shame. Big, big shame. Anything else to go to you guys for our friends, Alberta Blue Cross from the Heritage Classic on Sunday? Um, well, we should talk about Vinny. Of course, Vinny Winnie. First goal. Snipe. Weirdest puck bounce I might have ever seen. What do you think? It went yes. top shelf. <laughs> it was like knuckle puck, bounce, yeah. skyward, top shelf. <laughs> I've not seen that for a while, but that's what you're going to get when you let Vinny shoot from his office. I also learned, yo, he's devastating from his office. We all know this. <laughs> he's I also learned that the Oilers have new post game awards that they give out. And I the don't sh- understand them. the painter and the plumber. plumber. It's dumb as hell. The painter and the plumber. What is the it? artist so it's, and it's, the, the shit the artist. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's yeah. It's the person that's like oh. offensively gifted gets the painter. And then the hardworking person gets the plumber. What happened to but, the best? What we but they the look stupid. That's like that. What I would agree with, but it's no different than the Turkey hat. Feels like the turkey hat to nah, me. Okay, but like the turkey. beret isn't like an Oilers beret. It's just like a hat. Like they went to the dollars and were like, fuck, we play tonight. We need player of the game stuff. It does look like something that is going to hold sweat like nothing else. They did That's it in Nashville. Yeah, well, I'm aware of they've yeah, been doing it. I think wins. it's dumb. It's only way it's twice. I just, I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I think Campbell got one and Drysaddle got the other. Yeah. yeah. No, it and was just Cam- a plunger. It was uh, Drysaddle and Ekholm. Ekholm put it on his head. Oh, yeah, right, right. It also does set up. We made the joke on real life. It sets up for some big time meme potential down the road. Cause if oh, Vinny yeah. has a bad stretch, that photo of him with a plunger is not going to age. Well, nope. That's fair. Nope. But good for Vinny. It is. And you could kind of see it coming or you could like see the path to this. You win at the heritage classic. Now they do their Halloween party. And all of a sudden it's like the vibes are great around this team everyone's back to calm and all they did was win one game. But if you would have won, you know, a random game against Philly, no one would have been like the Oilers are back, but you beat the flames outdoors at Commonwealth. And it's like, we're good. And dominated. the Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, the flames are bad. Five game losing streak. It's too bad. Who regrets their decision more? Do you think Huberto or Kadri to sign contracts before they even played a game? (sighs) Huberto. Kadri had no choice. Otherwise, yeah. he was not a team. No one wanted to sign him. Huberto, yeah. probably. It's but again, if you're Huberto, you got 70 some million in the bank now. Like, if you had this, the kind of season you had last year and the start this year, if he was a free agent at the end of this year, he'd be not making 70 mil. Johnny mm-hmm. Gaudreau leaving was the best decision of that whole. Although he's not having a great time. Well, that's exactly it. But nobody notices it because it's Columbus. If he was in Calgary and still the guy, oh boy, man, that would have been a mess for them. That's a good point. They, do you think Lindholm gets traded? I, why would he want to stay? Fantasy. Why would they want yes. him to stay? <laughs> I I agree with you, man. Yeah. And like you should, you should have cashed in and gotten first round picks for that guy and for Hannafin over the summer. You wanted to run it back and see if this group had some magic in them. They don't. They need to make tough decisions now because it's not going to be fun to trade those guys away and be dog shit for two years. But. I think you kind of need to look at Edmonton and go, okay, if we could pick in the top five the next couple seasons, maybe we find our dry sidle, we find our next Matt Kachuk, and then when our new building opens up, we're ready to compete again. Because like, 
I mean, even if this team puts it together down the stretch or in the final 70 games, mm. what are they setting up for to lose in round one again? Like, to compete yeah. against Vegas and Edmonton. That's the thing, right? You got to, you, you got to get around those windows. Yeah. You want to, as a team now, you got to go around it. Yep. Uh, just to wrap that up in nine games with the blue jackets, Gaudreau has four assists. Yeah. No goals. Bad. No genos. <sighs> I take bad, but he's not good quiet. Either. It's because uh, Rasmus Anderson took out Liney. He's got no shooter. Mm, that is true. Nice one, Rasmus. Rasmus Anderson also missed the Heritage Classic. Good. Nice little punctuation mark there. But there were so many players that played that, like, when we were doing Owen Every on Monday, it was like, did Elias Lindholm play? Did you see Jonathan Huberto make a play in that hockey game? I didn't know he was playing. I noticed Kadri and Uyghur. I noticed Kadri because sure. he's annoying. Yeah. Uyghur, I noticed. I noticed Coleman flying a little bit, but, like, I was just looking through this uh, Calgary's contract situation. Uh, Chris Tanev was another one I I didn't really notice the other day either. He's a UFA at the end of the year, right? Yes. 33 years old. Also, I like him. Should we be surprised that Calgary was as bad as they are, given that they look like strippers rolling into the, uh, into Commonwealth stadium. That is the weirdest outfit choice ever. Like they really lean into the cowboy thing down there and I get it, but like, why didn't you just dress like cowboys? Yeah, they were dressed more like farmers than cowboys. They were dressed like Thunder Down Under. Magic Mike. The Oilers killed theirs, though. Oilers ruled. That was awesome. Yeah, they all looked like they were just rolling into a safety meeting at, a, mm-hmm. at the yeah. plant. Oh, was, yeah. and Refreshing their women's certificates. <laughs> also, a great little people will be offended by anything is the odd people on Twitter. He's, I mean, like, these guys wouldn't know a hard day's <laughs> work. That is a slap in the face to Al Burton's <laughs> pretending they're blue collar workers. And it's like, yeah, of course we do know you do make the NHL by winning a scratch ticket. So yeah. no hard work <laughs> put in to get there. There. We also got a chuckle out of you could tell which players it was like you you've never worn this in your life. But then you see Matias Eckholm in it and you're like, you may have just done a shift like yeah, you might guy, have just gotten back. He's someone's foreman for yeah. sure. I said uh, Adam Oney should keep his overalls. Stuff. Stuff. Sorry, Adam. Like, your joke set up his demise. <laughs> well, be better. I hope he got to keep his coveralls. They do have his name on him. You know, that's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Will that joke be funnier or longer than his shifts were? <laughs> the Heritage Boss. Yeah. Probably, because it already is. <laughs> I've got two, a couple days out yeah, of it so yeah, far. Yeah, I got two out of it. I'm not bad. Not bad. Well, let's continue on then with a little bit more Heritage Classic talk for our friends at DoorDash. I want to know, boys, who delivered? So, while you're thinking, I'm going to do this ad read. Gotcha? Gotcha. gotcha. Good. Good, good. I good. love DoorDash. Of course you do. Of course you do. Read verbatim. That's what I need to read. For limited time only, our you listeners. Read verbatim. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> for, for a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order, $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. That's 25% off and up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code NATION25. One more time, makes it three times, I'm going to tell you. Remember, that's code NATION25 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms do apply. Let's start at the end of the room. Nation Dan, you are addressed as Ohio. I am. For DoorDash, who delivered? Who delivered? Uh, I'm going to give it to the security guard who delivered some nice blows to the person that 
had to introduce <laughs> themselves to the field. Uh, <laughs> as a former security person myself, I respect it. I understand it. He got away from you a second time. Then the free shots come in. So you get my. Everybody gets one, but after that, you get a good licking. <laughs> yep. Liam, you're up next for our friends at DoorDash. Who delivered? Uh, Van de Kane delivered. Yes, he did. He's been pretty good the last three or four games, honestly, probably since that tilt against Winnipeg. And uh, I think he deserves some credit for what he's been doing for the team. He was pissed that he got sent down to the third line, and now he's earned his opportunity in the top six. And I think that's very important what? for this team right now. Six points in then, if I'm doing that off the top of my head. This season? No, just since the demotion. Hmm. Uh, I believe at least five. At least five points. At least five. Yeah. More I, than none. It feels yeah. like he really got the team started on, on Sunday there. Like throwing the body it's around, a, got the crowd going, got everybody going. When I, I've been like tough in my criticism of Evander Kane, but I've said it now a few times. The reason I am is because like he has the ability in him mm-hmm. to be their third best player by a mile. Like McDavid drives title Kane, big gap everyone else because he's got 40 goal potential. He has the ability to get on the, th- the other team's skin. He can, when he's at his best, drive play a little bit. Like, yeah. oh, and then when it's not there, you're just like, dude, I know it's in you. Like, why can't it be this Evander Kane more? Who delivered for you, Tyler? I don't think we've talked enough about how good Stuart Skinner's been recently. Um, obviously, his season did not, not get off to a good start. Four goals against Vancouver, four goals against Vancouver, despite not playing the full game. Like, ugly stuff. The gaff against Winnipeg, not good. Cost him a point. But then you look, and he was good against the Rangers. 906 save percentage. And then he was really good against Calgary. Not that he had to deal with too many great scoring chances, but I just felt really good that the local kid got the start from Edmonton, you know, that's a moment he's going to remember for a long time. And now it's like a fully positive memory for him. Rocking the Grant Fear gear. He looked sick leading the Oilers out there and he played great. 923 save percentage, two goals against, couple of nice stops mixed in there. Didn't give up a goal at five on five. Exactly what they needed from Stuart Skinner. You start him against Dallas. No questions asked. What are his stats at now? I just see yeah, you're teasing me. You're yeah, on the season, up. still 863, 351. So some work to do there, but still you're a good game away or a great game away from those getting back to a really good spot. And speaking of a guy who looked like he belonged in those coveralls, come Stu. on. Mm-hmm. Stu looks like he belonged in those coveralls. I think uh, it was a Van de Kane. They asked him who looked the most likely mm-hmm. that they'd won it before. I think he said Hyman. Mm-hmm. He said yeah, the he least likely awesome. was uh, Jack Campbell. Yeah, I see that. Which I thought was funny. Hmm. And then it showed a picture. I was like, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Just, but he's more of a, uh, he's more of an elf than a, than a worker. <laughs> Get it, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me as if, like, what does that mean? What is you can't tell where on? I'm looking with these shades on. Well, you didn't see. Your facial expression Sorry. didn't move, so. <laughs> For... <laughs> <laughs> before DoorDash, before we bring Kennedy and Kennedy's going to do a recap of all the other Halloween costumes for DoorDash, I'm going to say I'm going to just give a little bit more love. We mentioned him, Vinny DeHarnay. He doesn't, he's never going to score a lot of offense for this team, but first NHL goal. I always love when guys score their first NHL goal, regardless. I think that's a really cool moment. Not very many players have that under their belt or just people in general. So Vinny DeHarnay scoring his first goal in a battle of Alberta at the heritage classic at Commonwealth stadium. I loved it. And he didn't even know he scored because he wasn't first in the flyby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's that. And people were like, Oh, the picture after of him with the puck. Is that even the right puck? They, after a goal, they always take the puck out. Every single puck gets pulled out of the game just in case it's a part of some piece of history that 
could play. Every time oh, there's a goal, that. every time there's a goal scored, the puck is given to the penalty box, and one of the penalty box attendants has a job to like sticker it. He has a clipboard, writes down like the authentication number, what the goal was, who the goals and assists were, and every puck is saved. That makes so, sense because so like, so then you go to those charity whatever the yeah. and you'd be like, I bought a goal puck from whatever. So you know, like when a player scores three or four goals in a game and they'll get the picture with all three pucks, it's always actually the correct three pucks. It's not like there's like making it up. And that's why they've had to do like the cut the puck in half, yeah. their share a point or that kind of stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So Vinny, you delivered for me, big guy. Sniped it. Some people may say it was a bounce on the way in, but I just see a top shelf goal. That's all I noticed. I time my blink perfectly when I watch the highlights. So it's a <laughs> shot by Vinny. Top shelf. There you go. We're going to bring Kennedy in. She's going to do a recap of all the Oilers Halloween costumes in just a moment. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We are back. Great ad. Love that one. Top 10 ad, I'd say. Of all the products you could ever hear an advertisement for, my personal belief in that one is the highest. I'm going to use that tonight. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Spicy boy. <laughs> you rascal. That's going in the cold game. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> we got no games till Thursday. Mm-hmm. But today is... Weird schedule, but still it. 14 games in November, huh? Bizarre, but anyway. that's why Connor scheduled his dental appointment for today. That's a good mm-hmm. point, yeah. actually. Smart guy, yeah. yep. Does he actually have the dentist? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. he didn't skate really. He had dental surgery, dental scheduled. surgery, yeah. A, a pre scheduled dental surgery, as per Jay Woodcroft, yeah. And also, no photos have well, come out of him, help. no photos have come out of him at the Halloween party either, yeah. So, my theory is that very early on in the night, McDavid tried to open a bottle of beer with his mouth and then he had to go home. Uh, and that's the uh, whole that is why uh, that is my explanation for everything. That's not, your classic dudes being dudes injury, you know. That's all it is, not confirmed, but confirmed. Uh, I have our Oilers Halloween uh, list costume list. This is uh, me and my friend. uh, She's all garbage on Twitter. We went hard and scoured the internet to find exactly what everybody was wearing. So this is the list. This is my Met Gala. Do you have photos of all of them lined up? 
photos? I do have photos. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, maybe we can put them up on socials. Show. Yes. Yep. Waz has been really good about um, throwing them up on socials as well. It's on the ON Instagram account. But we have the dry cycles as David and Victoria Beckham. Iconic. We had Seven the, out of 10. Yeah. Are we ranking? If you want to rate, rank, go sure. Go for it. All right. I'm in. Hang on. Leon, very handsome. If anybody on this team could pull off the David Beckham, it would be him. The I'll sleeve tattoo. Give it an so eight. good. Very unique. Didn't say that from anyone else this year. Yeah, I haven't either. Okay. The nurses had the Justin Bieber and the Haley Bieber paparazzi photo with her in the red dress. He was in the yellow Crocs. Oh, okay. I did not understand that one. Six. Yeah, I'm giving it a four. 5.5. And then we had Connor Brown as Ron Weasley. Who is Ron Weasley? Ron. Ron. Is that a Ron Harry Weasley? Potter. I've had the puppet Potter pal stuck in my head all day because of this. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Dumbledore. Or a wizard, Harry. <laughs> That's some internet lore there for you. Um, the Campbells were Dobby and the Golden Snitch. So there's a Harry Potter theme going on here. Yeah. I did see the video of Evander Kane giving the old nose a flick. Yes. That, the, that was a 10. That, that, that was that, an 11. That, yeah, that was I don't care about Harry Potter. You get a two from me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. It, it seemed like a lot of effort. I'll give him an eight and a half. He had a whole oh, makeup Jack artist. Animals? Yeah. yeah. He had a whole, I didn't know what it was, but I like it. I'll, I'll change my He had answer. a whole makeup artist and everything. No, no, no take backs. All right. No, no, yeah. So Final so. answer. Okay. The C, the, or sorry, the Skinners were men in black. I, I like that one. Yeah. Because I'm someone who really respects minimal effort, non-goofy costumes and just throwing on a suit and showing up at the party is a cool play. Yeah. They had a little like uh gun or whatever. And it was like, yep. it was cute. Made sense. Uh, the CCs were Dumbledore and Voldemort again, Harry Potter theme. Yep. Okay. Um, the Nuges were Harry Potter and Severus Snape. Nuge with the long black wig. I don't, you might as well be talking. You sound like you're talking about <laughs> never seen Harry Potter. That's all from the Star Trek reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm speaking a different language. Um, the McClouds were Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Now we're talking. This That's iconic. I that did. is an like AA plus. Good, good pull. Eight and a half out of 10. Agreed. I think like, I think they win so far. Uh, the Fogels were Willy Wonka and Violet. Um, the Bouchards were a like PGA golfer and a caddy that said Bouchard on the back. I like that one because again, it's a very solid. I don't like looking goofy on Halloween, but I don't want to be a buzzkill. So give me the green jacket and my caddy. Smart. Yeah. Um, Sold. Mm. Clearly, Tyler and I have two different vibes on yes. Halloween. Well, I dressed like Jay today. So <laughs> <laughs> I said driving here, I was like, if I can trust anybody, it would be Liam to dress up as well. So How about it. Every year I'll be here. Um, the McDavid. So this is a weird one because again, we haven't seen a picture of Connor. That's the conspiracy theory that's going on right now. But Lauren was dressed up as Pebbles. So I'm kind of assuming he's probably Bam Bam. So if there is a photo, we'll throw it up on Owen socials. But that's kind of what I'm going with from the Flintstones. Makes sense. Yeah. Kane was uh, Hugh Hefner and his uh, partner was a Playboy Bunny. Mm-hmm. The Hymans were, uh, again, this is going to sound like Spanish to you, BM, but this is Lucius Malfoy and Nerissa Malfoy. I, nope. I also don't know who those are. They are the Zach Malfoy's. Hyman was a bottle of Tylenol. Lucius Malfoy <laughs> was the one that coined the hand saying to live long and prosper. <laughs> Got it. Sure. Good talk. The uh, the Ryans were um, Wednesday Adams and cousin It. So Derek Ryan was cousin It. Which oh, was very, like funny. very funny. Very mm-hmm. funny. Um, 
And then we had the, we're pretty sure that the Kulaks were Wilma and Fred Flintstone. And then the Ernie's were thing one and thing two. I have yet to find a picture of the Ekholms, the Hallways, or the Brobergs. Boy, even in a Halloween contest, Ernie's just a nameless thing. <laughs> you only got three and a half minutes at the Halloween party. <laughs> in and out. <laughs> He was the uh, he was the gif of Sorry, Abe Simpson walking in and walking out <laughs> from the Halloween party. Poor Adam Ernie's taking trap all over the place. There. Yeah, well, at least he yeah. was invited. Mm-hmm. Good point. I didn't get invited. No, nope. uh, and they didn't cut him out of all the photos like they did a guy last year. Oh, on the fishing trip. That's <laughs> great. Is that everything? Oh, that's everything. Ready. Thanks, that's everybody. No problem. That was a good little recap. Would have been really funny if it was just we just saw thing two in the pictures. But no thing one. Yeah. Send Waz in, Kennedy. Waz, it's You're time. Send Waz in for his signature bit. Can you clear that up for me? <laughs> he wanted us to know this is not a game. It's a bit. <laughs> it's not a game. It's your signature segment. This is not a game. Right here, Waz in the empty chair. You'll this notice he's got game. a microphone for you. <sighs> empty chair. For our friends at Greta, it is time for Waz's signature bit. Can you clear that up for me? You didn't even shut the door, Waz. I thought I did. Oh, yeah, it's good enough. Can you clear this up for me, Waz? Why didn't you shut Why the didn't door? You shut the door. I didn't put enough strength behind it. <laughs> didn't have anything. I... Left. I saw you running up and down the stairs of Commonwealth. <sighs> I get it. I got a little, I got tripped a bit for that on the socials. Understandably so. <laughs> you know, Why people were cold? saying it's not that cold. I'm like, well, it definitely wasn't warm either. Do you feel like you were not dressed? appropriately definitely not no my dad pointed at you as one of the people he goes that guy's gonna be cold something fell was is causing ruckus <laughs> Tyler's Tyler's, he's already pissed off at Tyler me. is disassociating <laughs> he's avoiding the grind all day all right I forgot to mention that but I was at the game with my dad it's the most dad thing ever it made no sense at all but it was making me laugh the whole time we're standing there because the bus got in about an hour early so we make our seats we're sitting there we're looking around grab a beer my dad's just pointing at people that guy's going to be cold. That guy's only wearing a hoodie and a hat. He's going to be cold. And on the bus, when Waz got off, he goes, that guy's definitely going to be cold. Turns I, out you were. I was, I only went with the hoodie and ball cap thing too. But what you couldn't see is that I was wearing two sweaters under my hoodie. So I was bundled up. I was very warm. Yeah. You dressed really warm. I did. Anyway, my, my feet were, were cold and my, my legs, but that's it. So you were not dressed appropriately. No, but for our friends at Greta, they are, of course, our hospitality partner throughout the season. We had the bus to and from the Heritage Classic from Greta. Post-game party was great. Frankly, I'm glad I left because all of you guys looked like death yesterday. That's how the celebration yes. goes after a big win like that. So we're bringing Waz in for our pals at Greta for his signature bit, Liam. Can you clear that up for me? Well, first up on uh, deck as uh, clear this up for me because there's been a lot of talk on this about this. I don't know if you've discussed this so far. Uh, the Connor Brown situation right now. Some fans want him waived for whatever reason. Can you explain what's happening with Connor Brown right now? So real quick, yeah. Connor Brown hits 10 games. He will get a bonus of $3.25 million that is going to hit the salary cap next year. Provided that they don't have cap this year. I saw something. Nope, on no, no matter what, it gets pushed. Okay. So 3.25 next year has no points through eight games. People go, well, why should we pay 3.25 an extra 3.25 when he's got no points? Tyler, over to you. For me, he's unlucky right now. I like, is he, is he playing his best? No, obviously not as well. But with Connor Brown specifically, 
there is an element of bad luck in all of this. When he's on the ice, good things are consistently happening. Shots are going the other way. They're not giving up a lot of shots. When I see him out there as a guy who he's going to the right spots, he's doing a lot of the right things, he's just not getting the right bounces, that will change. You do not wave him at the 10-game mark and punt on this experiment because... One, you're, you already know this bonus is coming next year because you prevent it, I guess. Sure. But the whole point of this was to be a win now team this year. Mm-hmm. Connor Brown is going to help you win now. You bite the bullet on that bonus. His luck will turn. Connor Brown will be fine. There's also the added angle where your franchise signs a free agent to a one-year contract and a bonus is this and they waive him because of early season lack of results it doesn't look good for you as a franchise not even like a bonus that's like a, oh, okay if you score 25 goals we'll give you an extra mil this was borderline cap circumvention by the oilers this was there's an opportunity because connor brown was hurt last year to get him for league minimum this year he had guaranteed money offers elsewhere yep this was how he, the only way you could get him on the team this year. So to do it, it sends a really bad message. Yeah. Well, there's another issue that you covered it last episode, Tyler. It's that the guy that signed the contract, the deal for him, his agent is now his team president. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. So get that out of your head. And then also, here's a guy that didn't play hockey last year, save for what? Three games, four games, four games. And and we expected him to be at NHL speed game one of this season. I don't get it. It's it's weird. We we spent the entire summer talking about, since we signed him, that it's going to take some time for him to get acclimated. It's going to take some time for things to come together for him. And now we're less than 10 games into it and we're ready to punt the guy. Liam, wrap it up. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to really be added, to be honest. Just the others aren't getting rid of him. Somebody asked it in our mailbag when the others need to... Think about this, and I would say when the season is over next year. <laughs> What's next, Ross? Next up is uh, but Raphael Lavoie. Obviously, he didn't get called up, but if he does and when he does, does he deserve to be in the top six like automatically? Because people are saying how, you know, if you're having him on the fourth line, is just wasting his time. So where does Raphael Lavoie fit into lineup if called up? Not the top six. There's no room for him in the top six. He... he it takes a while to get into NHL mode. We're literally seen it with Connor mm-hmm. Brown, who we just spoke about right now. He's played over 300 games in the NHL. I think Con- Lavoie is going to have to earn his stripes in the league and it's going to come on the full time playing probably 10 minutes a night. But luckily for him, the others play 11 and seven. So we'll probably see some time with dry at McDavid. It's a little bit of my beef with all this, this whole like, Oh, needs to be someone better suited for the, for the fourth line. Go look at Colorado and Vegas. Like these teams are not throwing scrubs on the fourth line. They're putting out guys that can play and can score and can help you win. And the whole, well, it's a waste to have Lavoie play only nine minutes a night. He's not an 18 or 19 year old rookie anymore. He's 23. At some point, just play him and get him NHL experience. We know he's too good for the American Hockey League. I wish it would have been him that would have gotten called up, even if it was in a nine, 10 minute fourth line role. Let him learn the game. Dan? I still think the team just has some stuff to figure out. And I don't think Lavoie is the the one, the bullet in the chamber that you want to use right now. So I'm okay with Gagne myself. I was just going to follow up on what Tyler said there of like the Colorado's fault line is Jonathan Duran, Andrew Cogliano, and Thomas Tatar. Those are guys that can score and a couple of them skate well. So warmer Oilers too. (laughs) (laughs) One of them. I would just say, I think there seems like there's probably. Oh, oh, I always think he's always one of those guys that's attached. It seems like every trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah, There's go for Thomas Tatar. Mm -hmm. Andrew Cogliano, former Edmonton Oiler. 
Mm-hmm. Still holds the record from our uh, consecutive OT winners, I believe. Really? Which is three straight OT winners. This came up on DFO Live as like an unbreakable record. The odds of three straight games going to OT are slim enough. Never mind the same team winning them three times. Never mind the same player being on the ice for all three winners to score them. And the, the fourth game actually went to OT as well, and he missed a look. Oh, that would have been special. I... Uh... I just think there's a plan right now for Raphael Lavoie where they want him to play, I don't know, 20 games in the American League, see how it goes, and then they'll recall him. I'm thinking very much of Kyler Yamamoto a handful of years ago when he came up and finished the season on a heater. I think that's probably what they're looking to do. Let Raphael Lavoie start down there, gain some confidence. He's scoring. He's scrapped. There's a lot to like in his game right now, so I think they're just slow playing it a little bit more than we probably would like. Mm-hmm. Last question I have for you. It's a little uh, non-Oilers related. And Dan, this goes back to when Philip was here on Friday and he was showing, um, what, which league was that? The DEL. Right. So the question I have here is clear this up for me. Uh, why is there a big difference in fan culture between Canadian hockey fans and European hockey fans? For example, in Europe, they love to chant and get loud and sing in Canada. It's like, you know, they have the, the wave, a chant or two, and then it's kind of quiet throughout the game. I got to check in with our resident European. Because it's affordable. The regular fan can go to games in Europe on a more common occasion. Like tickets for the Heritage Classic were outrageous. They were. And it's like, I get it. It's a special event. But even if you just want to go to a random Oilers game, it's still very expensive. A few hundred bucks each. Like people want to go and just sit there and enjoy the game. When I went to a game, when I went back to England, it's a little bit of a lower league, but it cost me, cost me like 20 pounds. Which is what, 45 bucks? Like 40, 50 bucks, something like that. And also when you go there, you're not spending X amount on beers and all this stuff, right? Like it's affordable. And I think that's the greatest difference between the two. One thing I did want to mention, just since you mentioned concession prices, I actually thought the Heritage Classic was really reasonable. Food and drinks. Absolutely. The food was good. The value was good. They had a value menu option, which we haven't seen in Edmonton. They just kept the Elks pricing, which was stunning. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe they did that. When I went up to grab my first beer and they're like, 10 bucks. I'm like, really? I heard it was the city of Edmonton that stepped in and, and forced that, though. That, yeah. was the, that was the rumor that I had heard afterwards. But yeah, full marks there. I would just say, just to piggyback with what you said, the football culture just comes into it, right? And and yeah. the chants yeah. and the songs, that's just a part of it. And in North America, you see, we see it here when we bring Europeans to games. They try to do stuff. And North Americans look at them like, oh, what's happening here? Some people like it. Other people have no idea what's going on. And then there's the group that just think that that's cringy. And then they kind of shame it out of us. So, yeah, I think that there's just a bunch of things that kind of play into it. But yeah, to Liam's point, you know, having a standing room only area where they physically make those fans like, you know, you have to stand and and cheer and chant and have fun and, and be enjoying the game and that kind of thing. You just don't see that here. They're always looking at us like dollar signs. Tyler, what's your take? I think, and I will admit I'm fully one of these people. We're kind of just hockey snobs here, you know, like a little bit. We know the game so well as, as a fan base, like generally speaking, like I've, I'm guilty of it too. Like when I'm sitting at a game, if there's a guy behind me and there's a few who sit around me on a regular basis at Oilers games who there's one guy always on the other team's goalie the whole game. And like first period, I always kind of chuckle. Then it's usually by the second period. I'm like, you know what? I've heard it five, five or six times, buddy. I'm good. Or people behind me yelling about the Oilers losing. Like, I don't know. Maybe if 
there was a few more positive things pushed in by fan ba- by the fan base, I would be behind like that stuff more. I just find right now the people who are the loudest are usually just the drunkest and most obnoxious. So oh, then yeah. it like sours me on mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. But I just think it's the culture here. Like when the Oilers are scoring and beating the hell out of a team, it is loud in Rogers place. It's Playoffs just are buzzing. Yeah. It's just the fan base doesn't get It's a poor word to use. So I apologize. But like the fan base isn't going to be tricked into being excited. So, They'll be excited when they know there's something to be excited about. So I was going to touch on that a little bit because you and I have gone games in like LA as an example. And I always find in LA, they'll cheer at the weirdest shit. It's like a I, two on two rush. <laughs> and I don't really understand what they're cheering about because like Tyler said, I've just, I've played the game my whole life. I've watched it my whole life. You know, the rules inside and out, you know, a two on two has got a very low chance of actually turning into anything, you know, substantial. So I think there's that. I like Liam's point about, it's just crazy expensive to get in there. Mm-hmm. Like Dan, there's the whole family for you to go to an Oilers game. That's, that's, it's beyond a mortgage it's, payment. It's, it's two mortgage payments. It's not, it's not fit. Yeah. It's crazy. The other thing too, that is kind of funny. Just, you've got me thinking about this games in the States and what they'll cheer for and play a place like LA, not everywhere, obviously, but like here in Edmonton, Think about how many times you've been at a game and when the Oilers are like cycling the puck for 95 straight seconds, the crowd eventually goes like, hell yeah. And like you get that little roar that does not happen in L.A. No, like they'll they'll cheer for the shots, yeah. but like a good sight on the PK when Edmonton like gets a big clear. The crowd usually is like, ah, fuck it. Right. It's great. Clear. Actually, you don't get you don't get that. So it is kind of interesting. It reminds yeah. me of when Zach Hyman, like I think it was last year or a year ago, he was like doing the PK all alone, basically. And everyone was getting really fired up. Yeah. yeah. We do I recommend. think another layer to it too is how far away teams are. Like Edmonton's mm-hmm. closest team is Calgary, right? Yeah. So you don't have the away fans coming in every week and like giving it. Interesting and point. Like, Cause like when Toronto or Montreal here, that building's always buzzing. Yeah. So it's a little bit different, but then in England, you can drive 10 minutes and be at your next, like the away stadium. And also the Oilers place three times a week sometimes. Yeah. Like maybe we're at, we're just at the point is like, well, you have eight two games in a season. Why do I even want to cheer on this random Tuesday night? Where in Europe it's like you play once a week, maybe sometimes twice a week, and every game is very meaningful because there's there's so little. Which means your home games are maybe one a week, usually one every yeah. two weeks. One so like two weeks, a rare chance to watch your team. I yeah. like that too. Another thing too, I think that. Canadian teams specifically could do a better job of that. I've noticed when we go to games in the States is just prompt the audience with cues on the, yeah. on the screens. I was going to say like American in it's again, it sounds like we're talking down, but like that American, like just telling them to clap, they clap and they go nuts. Like we were in Vegas, the Oilers, the Vegas last season, the last game there, the Oilers were up I think, by four goals to start the third. And they're like, let's get this comeback going. And the crowd's going crazy. And I'm yeah. like, what comeback? You guys aren't coming back from <laughs> If this, they did that in Edmonton, people would just That's boo. exactly They'd it. Be like, Shut it up. I laughed at it as an Oilers fan. I was like, you're not coming back, but you know, marks for trying. So, Different yeah. sport entirely. But when I, my first Jays game, when they play like the fight song and the lyrics are everywhere. So mm-hmm. people can join in like yeah. maybe more of that. Yeah. Let's do it. The green and gold song. Right? Yep. Right, right, right on this. That's all I got. There you go. Thanks, yeah, Waz. three. Easy. Thank you For so our much. friends at Greta, there Thanks, goes Waz. Waz. Jesus Christ. Good conversation, Waz. Why, Why do you need to move the entire chair just to get up? Right. It's, on, it's on the mic stand over here. Yeah. It's just a disaster. Waz is a wrecking ball. Keeps you guessing. For our friends at Greta, there goes Waz's signature segment.
Can you clear that up for me? <laughs> His game. Don't call it a game. <laughs> Why? Did he request for it to be a bit? No, he said, he said, don't call it a game. It's a sketch. <laughs> a what? Sketch. That would make it sound like we like. We pre-scripted. That yeah. was all scripted, folks. Just like this entire podcast. Yep. Everything is scripted. Do you guys not see the script ahead of time? Just the NHL one. A couple things. I uh, Just some housekeeping items. In 10 days, Tyler. Yeah. We are going down to Seattle for a nation vacation to go watch the boys play in Seattle. Then we're going to a football game, maybe an aqua concert. You better believe it. <laughs> Sounds like we're going to go see aqua. Yeah. You guys are going for show. We're going to aqua. For <laughs> but what I was getting at is tomorrow. That is November 1st. Depending on when you're listening to this, we are launching the nation vacation to Arizona tomorrow. Going to go watch the boys play at a teeny tiny little arena. So that'll be in February. It'll be cold in the city. Get down a little reprieve from winter. This one is going to sell up. Just considering how fast Seattle sold out before the start of the season. I'm thinking two weeks or less. You're going to want to get on this is yeah. what we're saying. More if you want to come trip, but the spots are going to go faster. If you yeah. want, like there's never going to be an opportunity to watch the Oilers play in an arena that small. You guys are going to take over the arena. And Arguably. I'm so pumped about it. So watch out for that tomorrow. I'll have the article at OilersNation.com. You go to nationgear.ca and book your spots. Launching tomorrow, Nation Vacation to Arizona. Does it come out first thing? Probably. Probably. Everyone do your best howl. Kaka. It was all three of us at the same time, actually. <laughs> just in unison. <laughs> the other thing I want to mention really quickly is just... See, that's why chants don't work, Tyler. That's yeah, exactly right, there. right there. Just everybody howling. No! <laughs> Shut up! The rest of us all just stared at Tyler as he did it. That's well, okay. Maybe that's we're okay. on to something here. Going back to uh, Waz's signature bit. Can you clear that up for me? It's a sketch. A uh, sketch. Just the last thing I want to touch on is this schedule is so bizarre to me. How bizarre. How bizarre. I did the no, the entire November schedule in the uh, other the side office there this yeah. morning. Yeah. The end of the month is hilarious. We have a game every second day, and there's days off for the NHL in between where they don't play any games. So the Oilers only have two games this week. Played on Sunday against the Flams, obviously. Thursday, they play against the Stars. And then on Saturday, they play against the Preds at 1 o'clock. A little matinee for you on a Saturday. I don't even... I've had enough... Enough matinees. One o'clock's are fun. No, 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 no. The, the, the timing of the game is fine. It's just a schedule. It's just so ridiculous all the time. Week by week, it makes me grayer and grayer. I have no is- problem with them playing 14 times in November. I love it. All right. It's the back half of the schedule. So if you're starting on the 20th in Florida, 22nd in Carolina, 24th is that Friday matinee. That's a 1 p.m. start. So we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with this podcast on that Friday. Yeah. And then two days later, they got Anaheim, Vegas, Winnipeg to round out the month. So they got a lot of games there in those last two weeks. I just don't get how this league can have nights off. Yeah, that shouldn't be happening in a 32-team league. I don't get it. It's confusing to me. That's my piece, but don't get me wrong. I would love to be a part of the the schedule making at the start. I would love to be actually be able to see the process from behind the scenes. But yeah, it's just weird. To the NHL's credit, and I agree with you, Dan, there should be not days just without. I would love to just see the logistics of putting mm-hmm. it all together. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like just, oh, this has got a fucking concert playing at MSG that night. So the Rangers got to play the next night or the night before. Like, I'd love to see how that works. I've seen it from a lower league level. And I'm sure the NHL is a bit more organized, but it is like basically a dis- it's a shit show, to be honest. It feels like it's make everything work. Yeah. It's just, like a lot of trial and error. Like, yeah, does this schedule work? No. Okay. We're going to go back and try it again. Yeah. You know, but anyways, I think it was ma- major league baseball for the longest time. It was literally just like this kind of old couple who always did it like on their kitchen table and major league baseball has always had the, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they like did it by hand. What? Yeah, it's crazy. You should look really? it up. Awesome. I will look that up. That's is there like bizarre. a documentary about it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Frank Cervalli always talks about it. It's cool. Hmm. Uh, other things worth mentioning. Matthias Yanmark did not practice today, nor did Connor McDavid, though. Tyler's got a theory about why. We know like it, not a joke. He actually had dental surgery today. So Woodcroft. But when was it scheduled? That's the question I have to ask. Was he open in bed? It was pre-scheduled, but was it pre-scheduled during the Halloween? I <laughs> Listen, I stopped opening beers with my teeth because they, I didn't want to break one. Mm-hmm. Are you not supposed to do that? With not your anymore. eyes. You're supposed to move your eye. Uh, mm-hmm. I use my prison wallet. Oh. <laughs> 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 and that's where we'll wrap it up. Preview for Thursday night. Might as well do a preview for Thursday night. <laughs> I guess. We got an episode on Thursday or no Friday. So we don't have to. Well, Dallas stars. Very good. Those second half of back to back second of back to back. And they play Saturday as well. So the Oilers are getting that middle game of the three in Western Canada, which is always the best spot because it means you should get a backup. Granted backup goalies kind of a kryptonite, but still I'd rather face Scott Wedgwood than uh, Jake Ottinger. So I think that's fine. Also, with the Flames being bad, I'm also a believer that when a team wins night one of a doubleheader, they're always more likely to lose game two. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, you chill, right? You got two at least, so it won't be a disaster. So hopefully the Flames keep sucking. Stars roll them. They go Wedgwood. We beat them. Dallas will win in Calgary. They'll go celebrate at Greta. Mm -hmm. They'll play some Mario Kart. Make their way up here for the second half of the Mm back-to-back. It all makes sense. I just want to see a good first period again. I do That's too. All I ask. Love that. Love yeah. that. Dan, what's your score prediction? I'm going to say four, three stars. Four, two win. Liam? I'll go five, three Oilers empty net. Four, one Oilers. <coughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. And that's where we're going to wrap up the podcast. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. We will be back on Friday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.